listening to the Daily Gold Podcast, covering precious metals, the junior mining sector, and global capital markets for intelligent investors. Now, here is your host, Jordan Roy Byrne. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Gold Podcast. Well, it's been uh, months and months. Maybe it's been a year or so that... uh, I've done one of these interviews. I'm always looking for the best possible guests that I can bring to you. And my next guest is someone I've followed as a technical analyst for years and years. I really think when it comes to gold technical analysts, he's really a master or, you know, Frank, I, I'd call you the godfather, but I mean, that's, I don't know. Do you have, I mean, may, maybe you have to have a few more years on you. I don't want to, I don't want to date you or uh, make you feel old. But anyway, uh, Frank Barbera is with me. He's the editor of the Goldstock Technician, and he has run this newsletter for, I think, decades uh, off and on, and he's looking to restart his newsletter, at least publicly. So, uh, Frank, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on. How are you today? Ah, oh, Jordan, thank you so much, and you're very kind. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's wonderful to be with you, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to working with you over time. Yeah, well, that's great. So, um, Frank, why don't you? Uh, because I, I, I mean, I know you have a distinguished career of many decades. I mean, I can just tell the audience. I mean, I've followed you know almost everything you've put out publicly over the years, and I mean you among many other things. I mean, you called the top in the tech stocks. Uh, I remember you called that bottom in gold in 2005, which is a very significant bottom. Uh, you called uh, in 2011 uh, into that top. I remember you were concerned. You were bearish on gold and gold stocks. You thought a downturn was coming. Um, so, and I, I and I oh. could just tell the audience, I mean, I, Frank's work is of the highest quality. <laughs> That's so kind. You know, I, I took a lot of machine gun fire in 2011 for that one. The, the, the market for gold in 2011, gold stocks, was, was really hot. And uh, it looked like they were making a top. And I, I went out really publicly uh, with a call to go down 50%. And people didn't want to hear that. But ultimately, they went down almost 70% over two years. So it was a really long move down. But you know, the good news is I think uh, I think better days are coming for resource investing. It's, it hasn't been really bad the last few years, but I think, you know, Jordan, we're coming into that part of the cycle where resource investing, especially gold and silver, at the right time, and we're not there yet, but I think that's going to get really exciting for people as, as 2022 moves forward. Now, is that why you're going to publicly restart your newsletter? Because you see a huge opportunity coming in precious metals. And I guess that's one question. My follow-up to that would be, I mean, this cup and handle pattern on gold. Well, why don't I'll just, because this is a longer second question. So first question, I have a habit of doing that, asking like five questions at once. So the first question is, is that why you are restarting your newsletter publicly? And we'll talk about that at the end, uh, because I know it's, it's not quite here yet, but, I mean, so you, over the next, like, what, two or three, five years, I mean, do you see, like, a potential for a really huge move to the upside coming? I do. I, I really think we're we're heading into a period that's probably going to last somewhere between 10 and 15 years, um, where what I, what I think you've seen is 
we've seen 42 years of disinflation from the 1980 highs with interest rates and inflation, where Paul Volcker pushed real interest rates up above the CPI rate. You know, so you had like 16% inflation and then 20% short-term interest rates, three-month CDs, you know, at 18% in 1980. And he wrung out, you know, the inflation. He, he crushed inflation and threw the economy into a deep recession. And after that, you've had this multi-decade drop in interest rates, uh, multi-decade prosperity. And I think what's really happening big picture is we're making the turn back into a, a situation where inflation is not transitory. Inflation is now becoming embedded in the economy. And given the very high levels of debt, I think it's actually in the government's best interest to run inflation annually over the next decade. Um, and, and it's sort of a little bit of a, you know, <clears throat> financial repression type model where, you know, you run inflation at a higher level and you make the debt a lot cheaper. Um, I think I think they've tried to suppress interest rates, but I also believe we're going to see as inflation moves up, interest rates rising over time and gold prices will be leading that pack. So I think you're about to start a secular move in gold um, that not only could go to 2000 or 5000, but I think you will see 10,000 um, and I'll get crazy for a minute. 20,000 and 50,000 on gold over the next 10, 20, 20 years. Um, let me also just caveat that when you, right now, and we're sort of starting this cycle, um, inflation last year ran at 7% on CPI and 10% on producer prices. And if you look at the real world effect on a consumer wallet, uh, it was really closer to 13 to 15% inflation is what most people were, were paying. Um, so kind of real-world inflation is always running a lot hotter than, and than the government numbers. And, and I, think, I think gold effectively, when you, when you, if you, somebody had told you when the Dow was at 778 back in August of 1982, I remember um, – I remember Bob Prechter made a big prediction that it would go to 2,600, and then it did. Um, but if somebody had said that it would go to 20 or 30,000 over a number of years, it would have sounded nuts. But, but I think what's happening is financial assets, we're going to go through a period like 1966 to 1982 where the stock market averages just moved giant sideways. Um, a lot of groups really struggle. Inflation continues to move up. So on a constant dollar basis, um, the stock market will actually be moving down. And, and, and so the returns in the stock market from a buy and hold perspective are going to be very, very poor. Um, I think so the constant dollar Dow, the constant dollar S&P, those are going to move a lot lower. And I think what you're going to see is energy, gold, um, resources break out and move a lot higher over that period, just like they did between the early 60s and the early 1980s. So you'll have an era that's really dominated by inflation. And usually it tends to come to a crescendo. So when you say something like $20,000 gold or $50,000 gold, that's really just a reflection of 
the cumulative destruction of purchasing power over the dollar over a period of time. And it's really funny because um, uh, because mankind is is prone towards these huge pendulum swings. Um, as an example, and I'll, I'll stop in a second, but in 2000, at the top of the NASDAQ market, um, at the Academy Awards that year, the guests at the Academy Awards were getting a gift basket just for going to the show that was like $100,000 in free services. And I think there were a lot of other sort of social economic factors right in that point, which pointed to a major mood peak in the United States in terms of optimism. When you swing that 180 degrees the other way towards real fear, you know, falling unstable currencies, very, very high inflation, um, you know, fear is a power, a very powerful emotion as well. And seeing $50,000 on gold at the end of a very long cycle like that, it's very possible. And so uh, it's a very scarce commodity. If it turns out to really be the, um, the protective device that it has been in the past, and I think it may well be again, um, then uh, for purchasing power, then, then I, you know, I, think it, I think the price could go dramatically higher over again a decade, a decade and a half. So I'm looking at this from a secular point of view, um, not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, but I do think gold is coming up on a big turn, uh, like 1999, um, like 2005, like 2011, um, one of these kind of monumental shifts. And that's why I really think uh, sort of a long-winded version to answer your question, why I think it's time to get back into the space. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. And, uh, I mean, a couple comments from me. I mean, first, I would say, if you look at things like the monetary base or the S&P, I mean, these data series that go back 100, 200 years, and you just look at where they were when gold peaked and you apply that to today, I mean, it completely fits the numbers that you're talking about. And I mean, I think it's important for the audience to know because your your newsletter hasn't really, hasn't been public. And so you're not someone who's been putting out these numbers. I, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about these numbers. So, I mean, it's, it's important to note that, that publicly you're okay no. with, um, you're coming out with these numbers. And so I guess um, the, the cup and handle pattern on gold, I mean, is this almost the perfect technical setup because I, I mean, as technical analysts, you know, even people who are not technical analysts, we all know that a cup and handle pattern, I mean, it's a super bullish pattern, but I mean, this is now a 10, 11 year pattern. And I went back and I looked at historical cup and handle patterns in major markets. And there's really not that many, like there's like three or four or five. And what I noticed is like, they all break out and they all perform like they go way beyond like what targets you would look at before they broke out. So, I mean, could you just give me a little color on what do you think about the cup and handle pattern in gold? Well, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think it's a huge base. Uh, gold has gone through sort of a cyclical bear market for a few years here. Um, but, you know, when we break out above 2000, we break out above that resistance area. You know, I think it's going to be off and running. And again, um, like you were saying, when you look at gold adjusted for the money base or money supply, um, it's really trading back at levels last seen in 1976. So, uh, so it's it's really closer to a 20-year low when you uh, when you look at it 
adjusted for the increase in the supply of money. And I, I, I would argue that that's a very important point because gold fundamentally is money. Uh, you know, it's a unique form of money, um, and it has a number of attributes that make it a good form of money. It's divisible. It's scarce. It's, it's indestructible. There are reasons why the precious metals are called precious metals. They have very different qualities than base metals. You know, steel rots when it's under the ocean. Gold doesn't. Silver doesn't. Um, they, they're, they're, they're unique in the sense that uh, they're, you, they're, they're divisible. Uh, there's a lot of things that they're fungible. There's a lot of qualities about gold that just make it a good form of money. And while I know there are people out there right now um, who are looking at technology and the rise of cryptocurrencies as an alternative, um, you know, honestly, that's a two to three year history that you've got there, not a thousand year history. I would rather, you know, when it comes to serious money, oh, yeah, okay, if you want to dabble and you want to put 1% of your assets or 2% of your assets in cryptocurrencies and roll the dice, fine, go for it. You know, but um, when it comes to serious money and something that has a battle-tested track record over thousands of years, you know, good luck finding something that's, that's as durable as gold and silver. I think they're, they're precious for a reason. And uh, I think a lot of people sometimes lose that in the moment, um, and they're, look, they're basing analysis on short-term performance. And that, that's a terrible mistake. So I, I'm bullish. I think the governments of the world have printed far too much money, run up far too much debt. And the only way out is to inflate that debt away over a decade or two. Um, and the key for most investors is going to be to take that coming inflationary wave and flip it upside down and make it work for you rather than against you. So the way to do that is by owning precious metals, by being involved in mining stocks in a sort of a broader area. Uh, never want to be myopic about things, looking at food, energy, oil services, a whole raft of inflation-oriented securities, which people can be involved in, which will help them preserve their purchasing power, and continue to grow their wealth. This thing can be your best friend or your worst enemy. It's all how you want to make it. And uh, the key to it is being open-minded and looking to see um, what is happening in the world. And, I, I, again, I agree with you. I think we're coming up to that kind of a turning point. Okay, I got one, one quick question for you and then one more after that, and I'll let you go. But so the, the cup and handle pattern, let's talk about silver. I mean, that, that's not quite, I mean, you could say it's a cup and handle, but it's really corrected way too much after 2011 to be a textbook cup and handle pattern. But I mean, Frank, can you think of anything that as far as a, a value relative to other asset classes that is as cheap as silver is? And I mean, to me, like when that, when that thing breaks above 50, I mean, that's really going to go. I couldn't agree more. No, when we look on a secular basis, uh, I've seen a chart of constant dollar silver. It's like near, you know, 70, 80 year low. Now, that said, I want to tell your audience, I think that both gold and silver in the short term, like the, we were talking here in early February 2022, I think they could go down. Um, silver, you know, has a couple of uh, important lows. Uh, that it that it's put in it, the late September low last year at 21 and a half, the mid December low at 21.40. Uh, 
Um, the pattern on silver um, since September of, of last year, uh, there was a panic low in August, on August 9th. It hit 2239. And then since then, you've seen an A, B, C, D, E symmetrical triangle. So the A wave bottomed on September 7th at 2482. The B wave um, peaked on September 29th. That, I'm sorry, that was the bottom at 2142, uh, September 29th. And then November 16th, a high at 2541. Uh, December 15th, a low at 2143. And January 20th, a high at 2469. That triangle implies a downside break of 21 and a half. And I think, I think we'll see some possibly move down to the $18, $18.60 zone in April, May. And you could see just general, the last, the last push of downside pressure in the metals, you know, gold could could break down through some short-term support in the 17. Gold is about 18.07 right now, and there's decent support between 17.78 and 17.85 on the daily chart. If that gets broken, I wouldn't be surprised to see it move down and retest um, the March 8, 2014 of uh, 15.76. Judgment, Jordan. I think um, this is going to be a wimpy tightening cycle. The Fed is talking about hiking rates, where the stock market has tons of margin debt, and I think they're going to be very tepid about actually raising interest rates. And the minute the stock market gets a little unwieldy, I think they'll go on pause, and I think that will be the trigger for the precious metals to turn when you see that pivot in monetary policy. So that's that's kind of the big picture. I'm watching for right now. I don't think we're quite there, but I think this is a really good time to be starting to watch the space and get interested and get current on all the companies and such. Um, because once it turns, you want to have you know really good investments and good stocks. Okay, Frank, um, could you just give your the support targets you mentioned for gold? Because you cut out for a few seconds there, so I just just for the audience yes, who sure. wasn't able to hear that. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I think I think this near-term support, January 10th low at 1778, uh, January 28th low at 1780. Call it 1780. If we break appreciably below that in the short term, I think you could have a swift move down towards the March lows and August lows of last year, right around the 1680. So this is $100 on gold to the downside from 1780 to 1680. And I, I really wouldn't be too surprised. Um, a lot of times markets will override a key, well-defined support level, run the stops, and then pivot and turn up. And so seeing something like 1640 or 1650 might just wash a lot of players out of the gold market for a while, and that would be the perfect setup for a turn back the other way. So 
I, I think we've got possibly a period of weakness in front of us, and that's the short-term bad news. But the good news is that could put in a really important secular low, like we saw in 1999 um, or 2011. And then that's the genesis, you know, sort of the kickoff point for a really long-term move up in gold. And, and that is where people make lots of money, where you're in a trending market up, where it's just trending persistently day after day after day. And you can just buy at the beginning and then go to the beach. And, and then at that point, inflation's your best friend. Okay, Frank. Well, on that note, uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, why don't we – I know you're, you're not quite ready to restart your newsletter yet, but when, when it's ready to go, uh, how about uh, you come back? We can do this again. That sounds great. All right. We'll do that. We'll do it soon. Thanks so much, Jordan. Thank you for tuning into the Daily Gold Podcast. For more interviews, editorials, and analysis, log on to thedailygold.com. And for premium coverage of precious metals and the best junior mining companies, visit thedailygold.com forward slash premium. 